0: Good morning, Uh, good morning, that's better, Uh, Well, my name is Rafiq, I'm from the Middle East and uh, I came today to say thank you very much New Life Church for your partnership in the last couple of years, it was wonderful to partner with you and see how God is using this partnership to extend his work all over the Middle East. It was also wonderful to receive a team from the church in 2019. Surita, Gabby, with Chris and Rodney. And uh, they came to visit us. And we taught them how to walk like Egyptian and how we dance like Egyptian. So if you come, we'll teach you too. That Chris, uh, right Chris? <laughs> Reach and teach. If you have your Bible, you can uh, go to the Great Commission, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Go! Reach out to those who still haven't heard the good news. And also we can see there is a couple of commands here. Make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them to obey. It is a command from the Lord to everybody in this room. And It doesn't say it is an optional, by the way, if you want to do that or not. No, it is a command. We have to obey what the Lord is asking us to do. It is for all people. It doesn't matter how old are you and how experienced you in the Christian faith. But once you proclaim that you are a follower of Christ, it is very important to obey what has come in the Great Commission Go, make disciples, and teach them to obey. Maybe you're asking yourself the question, Why? Why did Jesus ask us to do this? Well, everybody has a story to say. And every story, it has a beginning and it has an end. And in between the beginning and the end, there's some events, it takes you from the beginning to the end. Well, when we look at the great story, the story of God, by the way, I make a mistake all the time. When I read a book, I read the first chapter. And if I like it, I jump. the last chapter to read the end, because the end, it determined for me if this is a good book, it's worth reading or not. If I like the end, I go back to the beginning and start to read in order, and that makes me happy. It it drives my wife crazy, you know, because we do have a lot of books unread, because I didn't like the end of the book. Well, if we need to know why, let's go all the way to the end of the Bible and see why God is doing that. It's going to tell us about the end of the story. A great mul- that's Revelation 7-9. A great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They fell down on their faces before the throne. And they did one thing. What it is? They worshipped God. That is the end of the story. It is so wonderful, brothers and sisters, that one day, we're going to be in heaven. And we will see people from different kind of groups around the world, from every nation, from every tongue, from every tribe, they're coming with us in one room and we are worshiping the Lord. That is very exciting for me. I'm longing for that day to come so we can see one another. Even those who have never seen before will be brothers and sisters worshiping God in one language, in one rule. How can we do that in the Middle East? In order to go and reach the unreached people groups, we're using media. And using media in 21 Arab countries in the Middle East and North Africa, with a total population 410 million people. Majority of them, Muslims. And following Jesus from a Muslim background, it is really not easy. Not easy to make a decision. Not easy to accept the good news. Because all what we believe in is exactly the opposite of what a Muslim believes in. So that is making it difficult for them. But also, it is written in the Quran, the book of Islam, that we should, as Muslims, get rid of the Christians and the Jews. And basically they do that because they don't believe in Prophet Muhammad and the book of Islam. So the way is to get rid of the infidels. Whatever we say as Christians is not acceptable for a Muslim, however, if someone decided to follow Jesus, there is a huge pressure from the community they live in. Sometimes they threat to kill these people. In most cases, they have to leave the community, escape to another community within the same country, or to leave the whole country and go to a different country. And if they decided to follow Jesus, they're supposed to lose everything. They might be forced to divorce if they're a husband and a wife. They lose the custody of the children. They lose their jobs. They lose the inheritance. They lose everything. So it is very costly for a Muslim to think and decide to follow Jesus in Christianity. We put all our content in one website, it's called ma'arifat.org. Ma'arifat means knowledge. And we use social media in a very heavy way. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp. And we do have our own mobile applications. We have some for using to be kind of evangelistic tool to reach out to the people. And some of the, uh, the applications that we have, we use them to teach people how to be rooted in the Word of God and being discipled. New technology enabled us in a big way to reach and teach. This is Muhammad, someone from Sudan. He lives in the state of Darfur. He found that the president in Sudan is a Muslim president, belonged to the Muslim Brotherhood group, very active. He sends Muslim troops to go to Darfur State and kill Muslim citizens. He said, I really don't understand what is going on, but must be something related to the Quran and Islam. While he was in the fore, he met a foreigner. Told him, David, why you are helping the Muslim people while you are not Muslim like us? You are giving us food to feed us, clothing to help us. Why you are not Muslim? Why that happened? He told him, Muhammad, I'm a follower of Christ, and I follow the teaching of Christ. It commanded me to love and care for the people around me. Muhammad heard this news, clicked with him. It became later on very difficult for Muhammad and his, uh, his family to remain in Sudan. He decided to escape to Egypt. Once he arrived to Egypt, he started to search on the internet about the Teaching of Christ. If on our website. Start to read a lot. He called us on the phone. And he said, I have a lot of questions. Can I meet someone face to face while I'm here in Cairo? We said, sure. We sent someone from our ministry team members to meet with him. They met on a coffee shop for four hours. Muhammad started to talk and talk. ask question after question. Then our friend told him, Muhammad, I cannot answer any of these questions now. But how about if you can come to our Bible group and you will discover the answer for all your questions? Everybody in the Bible group coming from the same background like you, you will enjoy it. He said, Okay, I'll come. He started to come and study the Bible after five weeks. He said, what can I do to follow Jesus and become a Christian? On that night, he gave his life to the Lord. Well, he's married to Hind. Hind, Sudanese lady, coming from a very fundamentalistic or Islamic family. From a very early age. She learned that Christianity is not a faith from God and everything Christians believe in is wrong. Muhammad came back home and he started to read the Arabic Bible. Turning on the TV, watching Christian programs, that drove him crazy. She couldn't stand to see her husband watching Christian material, reading The Arabic Bible. She told him, please do not do that anymore. You are Muslim, and you should remain faithful Muslim for the rest of your life. He didn't listen to his wife. When she couldn't control her husband to stop doing that, she said, okay, I'm going to call my family. I'm going to call your family. I'm going to tell them about your conversion that you became Christian, and infidel. They're going to go after you, they're going to kill you. Muhammad told her, Hind, this is the Bible that taught me to marry only one wife, not four, as is happening in Islam. This is the Bible that taught me If you disobey your husband, I should not get the wooden uh, wooden stick and beat you as is happening in Islam. This is the Bible that taught me, no matter what you do to me, I'll remain faithful, caring, loving you. She looked at her husband, Muhammad, and she said, Muhammad, Keep reading the Bible. <laughs> well, that is an amazing answer. I didn't believe Muhammad said that, you know, But Hent start to see dreams at night. Someone coming in white clothes with a cross in his hand and said, "Hend, you're on the right track." Keep going. I want you to follow me. She got really scared. But she had peace at the same time. Finally, she decided to go to the Bible group with her husband every week. A couple of months later, she said, Wow, when I see Jesus meeting women woman in the Bible... The way he treated the Samaritan woman and other women, it was so beautiful. It just won my heart. What can I do to follow Jesus and become a Christian? On that night, she gave her life to the Lord, and she and her husband became a follower of Christ. They have three children all of them they became followers of Christ. In december twenty nineteen, we baptized the whole family on that pool just outside of Cairo. We praise the Lord for that. Yeah. In during the pandemic of COVID nineteen last year, this couple planted four house churches among the refugees community in Cairo, Egypt. Nobody can do that except the Lord. We are very, very thankful for the partnership between New Life Church and our ministry. And because of that, we're enabled to start a training program to train nationals from the Middle East on leadership development, missions, and church planting. As a result of that, we trained 120 people up to this moment. They went up and proclaimed the good news in their community. And our training program is like 10 months long. And they focus on a specific target group. They try to create an access and to share the gospel with this community and try to plant a church among them. During COVID-19, sometimes, in some cases, it is really difficult to meet people face to face. So we took advantage of the new technology and were able to start online Bible groups. In this Zoom meeting, you will see people coming from Egypt, Algeria, Morocco, Yemen, and Canada, getting together every week, studying the word of God, praying for one another, and worshiping God online. It was amazing to see that happening as a blessing in the most difficult time in history, COVID-19 pandemic. This is Hassan, someone from Sudan, grew up in a very conservative family and in a very early age in his life, his parents sent him to Madrasa. It is an Islamic center to teach them how to memorize the Quran and be faithful Muslims. He learned there to hate the infidels in this context, it are the Christians and the Jews. He can't stand to see a Christian person in his way. Well, grow up. Later, he went to regular school for education. It's a big school, has several hundreds of students. Among all these Muslim students, there's only one Christian student. His name is Zach. Because, I guess, Hassan has a bad luck, he put Zach in his classroom. And because he has really bad luck, Zach shared the same desk with (laughs) Hassan. Hassan, once he got to know that Zach is a Christian, it drove him crazy. He started to think, what can I do every single day to bother Zach? And he created so many causes to bother Zach. Well, he said, all what I received from Zach... As a reaction, only a smile in his face, and he kept silent. One day, Hassan asked everybody in the classroom to come with him, drag Zach into the wood, and try to get rid of him because he doesn't like Christians. And Zach is Christian. They start to beat him. Zach started to cry and scream from the pain he received from his colleagues. Bit by bit, his voice faded down and he closed his eyes. They looked at him. They said, we are very proud of ourselves that we got rid of this Christian boy. Let's go home now. They left him in the wood and left. The following day, Zach didn't show up. following week, Zach didn't show up. They knew Zach passed away. That caused a lot of joy for everybody in the classroom, especially Hassan. Well, Hassan later on, he got a cousin And his cousin got really, really ill. Went to the hospital. He was in coma for four weeks. Nobody knows what is wrong with his cousin. He decided to go and visit his cousin before he dies. While he's waiting, he found two people coming into the hallway. From their outfit, he recognized them. They're Christian people. Most likely, they're pastors. They came, and they say, Hello, my name is blah, blah, blah. And he said, you're Christian, I cannot shake your hands. Because you're infidels, you're dirty, and I'm Muslim. I'm sorry, I will not be able to shake your hand. They said, that's okay. We heard that your cousin is ill, in coma for four weeks. Can we pray for him in the name of Jesus so he can heal him? Well, from his point of view, he didn't see these people. They have, they have in the prayer carpet and there is no water available to wash their hands and feet before they perform the prayer. So he said, how are we going to pray? They said, we're going to stand here and pray. He said, okay, pray. Then he said, it was the first time in my life to see people using loving and caring language, talking to God in a very intimate way. He said, that touched my heart. After they finished the prayer, he looked at his cousin. He found him start to move his hands and feet. Few seconds later he was able to sit up on the bed not only that but he was able to get out of the bed and walk he said what kind of god you have and follow to do this miracle the two pastors said to him this is not a miracle this is really normal thing to see by our eyes. The real miracle is when God can come into your heart, change your heart, change your mind to follow him. That is the real miracle. Couldn't believe what he'd seen. He ran away home and he went online, start to search, where is the true God? through the media ministries all over the internet. God worked in his life, and he attracted him to follow him, change his life. He became known in the community that Hassan became a follower of Christ. Faced severe persecution, he had to leave Sudan. He went to Europe, studied at the, minister, uh, the seminary, he became a pastor and passing pastor an Arab church in Europe, but one day he said, "I would love to see Sudanese brothers and sisters worshiping God and have fellowship with them." So one day he decided to come to Egypt, and he attended a Sudanese church. After that church was over, he introduced himself to the Sudanese pastor and shared with him his story. Suddenly, the pastor looked at him, and he started to cry. Hassan said to the pastor, Pastor, why are you crying? Did I say something that hurt your feeling? He said, no, I just want to tell you, I am Zach. You thought that you killed me 15 years ago, but I'm still alive. And since that day, I commit myself to pray for you every single day. And he opened his Bible and he told him, see, your name in the first page to pray for you every day. I'm so glad that Jesus heard my prayer and brought you to faith. They hurt each other. Hasan said, "I'm so sorry for what happened to you, but it was the beginning of how God worked in my life to help me follow Him." This is how God is working in the Middle East through the partnership between your life community church, and our ministry, we were able to start a sending office for our sending organization, Pioneers International. And at this moment, we have 17 missionaries went out of the Middle East to the whole Arab world. We have people working in or serving the Lord in Iraq, in Egypt, in Sudan, United Arab Emirates, very soon in Chad and Morocco. We're expecting by the end of this year, we'll have 25 people full-time in ministry proclaiming the word of God among the Arab nations. Thank you very much, New Life Church, because of your partnership with us enabled us to do a lot and train more and more national Christians to proclaim the good news and reach out and teach to those in need. One day, a group of Christian people they felt that the Shia Muslim in the Middle East, nobody is serving them or reaching out to them. Nobody is teaching them anything about the Bible. They get together and they start to pray, God, would you please send some people to reach out to them Shia leaders in the Middle East?" We need to see churches. We need to see people worshiping you among them. So they start to come and pray every week together. A couple of months later, someone said, I feel that the Lord is calling me and my family to go to that big city in the Middle East to plant a church among the Shia leaders there. They got so excited. They started to pray pray more for them, send them off to that big city in the Middle East. Once arrived there, they rented a house, and they lived for, God knows, they were planning to live there for a long time. Two weeks later, it was a knock on the door in the middle of the night. Everybody woke up. The pastor opened the door, and he found two armed people, totally covered. He cannot recognize them. They have machine gun. They told him, are you the pastor coming to tell us about Jesus and convert us from Islam to Christianity? We don't like you. We don't want you. They shot him in the head, fell. He died on the spot. That was in front of the wife and the children in the same house. It was extremely difficult for them to see daddy, the husband, killed after two weeks of arrival. The wife took the children, left the city, went back home. The same group of people get together again and start to pray, Lord, Lord, we trust you that you're going to do amazing thing among the Shia leaders in the Middle East. Later on, another man said, I feel that the Lord is calling me to go to that big city and plant a church among the Shia leaders there. They get together, they start to pray for this family, send them off, arrive there. I don't know why, but they decided to choose the same house to rent out that the other pastor stayed there. A couple of weeks later, it was a knock on the door. He opened the door. He found two strangers, totally armed, totally covered, he knew what is going to happen to him. He looked at his wife and children. He couldn't say goodbye to them. The two people dragged him, covered his head, tied his hands, and put him in a truck. The truck started to drive for four hours. Suddenly stopped, they dragged him for some stairs, opened a great door, and he found himself in a seat, and finally, they uncovered his head. The person who dragged him told him, Do you know the pastor who was living in the same house before you? He said, Yes, I know him. He said, I'm the one who killed him. Since I killed him, me and my family and the 900 people in this room dreaming the same dream every night that our hands became very dirty with the blood of this pastor. We cannot sleep at night. And in the dream, they told us, Someone is going to come from outside of the city to tell us how to repent and how to stop dreaming the same dream. Can you tell us how we can do that? He said, "Do you have a Bible?" They offered him a Bible, shared the gospel with them, and he said, "The only way to wash your hands from the sin." And ask for the forgiveness and repent if through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Would you accept him as a savior of you just now? They said, yes, how can we do that? All of them at the same moment kneeled down on their knees and they cried out to the Lord. Asking for the forgiveness and they repented of, for their sins. They became followers of Christ on the same time in one day. We praise the Lord of that. He is the only one can do that. Brothers and sisters, let's put our hands in his hand and let's ask him to use us in a very powerful way in the future so we can reach out. We can teach the nations around us to reconcile with the Lord. And they come one day and see the end of the story. That people come from every nation, from every tribe, from every language. To come and worship the Lord in the same time. Let's pray. أبونا الغالي والكريم جداً نشكرك ونعظمك من كل القلب لأنك أنت الذي تستطيع أن تغير أنت الوحيد الذي تستطيع أن تستخدم أناث ضعفاء مثلنا لكي من نعلن اسمك بين الشعوب الذين حولنا تعال من فضلك واستخدمنا لمجد اسمك يا رب لك الكرامة وكل المجد آمين Well, if you're interested to receive our prayer letter, please sign up in the sign-up sheet here, and we will send that to you once a month. Thank you very much, and God bless you.